If you are a regular, by that I mean daily meat eater, or maybe you're not a daily meat eater, but maybe you're a weekly meat eater, then you may just want to pay careful or close attention to today's video because your consumption is going to change for most people, especially city dwellers, in not just the next decade, but even the next 10 months as well. So the reason I created today's video is because it became very apparent to me, I thought I'd covered this in enough detail in previous videos, that people just aren't aware what's happening to the meat supply at the moment in terms of food. And that became very apparent last week when the New York City mayor came out and said that he was going to be reducing the carbon-based emissions from uh, the food supply in New York by one third. And this sort of created a bit of a panic. And I, even on my channel, I saw people talking about it and a lot of people just didn't understand what's happening there. So in today's video, I'm gonna do a deep dive and I'm gonna show you the research and I'll show you exactly why these countries and these cities specifically as well are starting to do this. And just as always, this is not a political video. I'm not gonna get into climate change and CO2 and cow burps and farts and you know all that sort of stuff. I'm just gonna give you the information so that you can understand better as to why exactly this is happening. And no, it's not a coincidence. It's not a conspiracy theory. This is an actual draconian plan to, um, well, I'll leave it there and I'll let you see the rest. So here is the article that started it all last week then. Uh, Mayor Adams commits to reducing cities' food-based emissions by one-third by 2030. But you might be wondering why this is all coming out now and why certain mayors of certain cities are making all of these announcements. I'm gonna show you exactly why in a moment, but let me first play this video clip. Mayor Adams wants New Yorkers to eat less meat to combat climate change. Food is the third biggest source of cities' emissions, but all food is not created equal. The vast majority of food that is contributing to our emission crisis lies in meat and dairy products. Well, first and foremost, actually, before I show you something that I don't think many of you will even be aware of, this new organization I haven't really spoke about much before. One thing that all of these mayors are saying of these big cities is that the food that is produced within the city is uh, creating all of these uh, greenhouse gas emissions and everything else. But this is just not accurate. And the reason why it's not accurate is that they're referring specifically to the beef industry and um, some of the animals. But if you think about where these animals are raised, this is logic, this is common sense. Are they raised in the city? No, they are not. Most of them are raised outside of the city. Most of the meat that comes into the city comes from rural areas. So they're saying that it's affecting the air quality within the city and all of this and you know all this other stuff. Uh, putting aside the fact that even if that were true and that the cows were burping and everything else within the city, as soon as the wind blows, 
<laughs> you get where I'm going here. But let me get onto this really crucial website. So this is the key thing, the C40 cities. Now I wanna go into this in a little bit more detail, but here we go, you can see New York City here, you can see Paris. These are some of the, <laughs> Wuhan as well, these are some of the cities that are signed up to this C40. Now, to give you some context to this, I wanna just jump through a few articles and then you'll understand why this is the way it is. So you've probably seen all of these articles over the last year to let's say 2020, 2021 period. Uh, reduce meat to avoid climate breakdown, says UK government food advisor. Now this was a BBC article that came out in 2021. Ministers should urge public to eat less meat. Now, how much meat, They, uh, you may ask? They say 20% by 2030, 35% by 2050. Now, that's a very, very conservative number there because if you look at some of the others, they are asking for, well, wait until you see this. Uh, but it's not just that. You've got to look at all the way through what is coming. And this is why people are so surprised when they see all of these measures that keep being taken by government. Uh, even heating, sales of new gas boilers should be stopped by 2033. So they're now saying that even heating gas or natural gas causes these emissions when they are burned, which I find really baffling when they keep saying this because I was taught at school that when you burn natural gas, that it is a very clean energy source, but now they're saying it's one of the most polluting energy sources. So what do they want to switch to? Heat pumps instead. But again, how is a lot of electricity generated? It's coal-fired plants and all sorts of other things. Yes, they're trying to switch to renewables, but just look what happened in Germany. They had clean energy and they closed those plants. This was the other thing I talked about, flying. Frequent flyers will need to be curbed. Even if low carbon planes are developed, the UK still cannot let demand for aviation grow unconstrained. And again, this goes on and on and on. We've got all of these articles. Uh, food strategy for England, calls for big cut in meat consumption. British cows could be given methane blockers to cut emissions. Climate activists are now taking the UK government to court because the UK government wasn't willing to adopt this very strict 80-90% cut in meat. And then what you're going to start seeing um, over the next few months now is a lot of these articles, how cities are cutting meat consumption to help meet climate goals. Uh, you've also got third German minister calling for a reduction in meat. Canadians are being told to eat 50% less meat. Laws are now being passed. Uh, Danish must lower meat consumption. And if you look, all of these articles are very, very similar. Slovenia in Europe, China to cut by 50%. But you might say, Neil, well, what if people just don't decide to do it? Well, you will be forced to do it, according to these articles. So UK health professionals call for a climate tax on meat, uh, and they say this should be introduced by 2025. So less than two years ago now is what they want to do to introduce this climate tax on meat. But then it gets even more strict as you go through and do even deeper research. So this organization wants to cut meat consumption by 75% globally. This is another Canadian article and this was their findings that Canadians need to move from a high meat consumption diet to a low meat consumption one, and that is a 50% reduction by 2030 and an 80% reduction by 2030. 
50. But what else are they talking about? What other reasons are they seeing? Well, they've also done all of these uh, role plays and scenario, and they suggested that beef is decreased by 90% instead of 50%. Now, the reason I think that we are going to see a much more severe cut in meat and beef in particular than what even a lot of these reports are showing is because we understand human nature very, very well. And what does human nature do? It always takes the path of least resistance as well as human beings don't like to look bad. We have this concept, the looking good concept. So with all of these targets that they've got and these climate goals, they are going to miss those targets. And it's quite clear they're going to miss them because you cannot reduce 50% or 70% of emissions by 2030, as some of these reports are saying and some of these people have signed up to. It is physically not possible unless, and this is the, where the unless part comes in, unless they do something very strict and dramatic. And I think when they start to see that they've missed these uh, goals that they have, uh, I'm not even gonna comment on these goals because I think most of you know my views on this. When they miss these goals, they are going to, both of these concepts are gonna come in. The looking good concept, they don't wanna look bad in front of all the other world leaders. And then you've got the taking the path of least resistance. So what does that mean? Well, if they, according to all of their reports, are saying that it's beef and animals that are causing the most GHGE, which is greenhouse gas emissions, if they are saying that, then an easy way for them to cut those emissions even further will be to just target those industries. And we've seen what's happened with farmers and a lot of industries recently. Funny enough, it's none of the really big polluters, you know, not talking about CO2, but we're talking about the polluters who pollute our water and river and, you know, land and all these others. Oh no, those guys are fine because they pay all these big subsidies. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't worry about them. But look what's been happening with the nitrogen around farmers that they say is 300 times more powerful than CO2 and everything else. Well, we've seen the, especially in places like the Netherlands, those farmers are being absolutely ruined. That's why they're on the streets protesting. But bringing this back, I think what's gonna happen is they will target these industries very, very heavily, and then they will use other methods. And I'll show you a couple of the methods we have on one of these reports, because they even did a survey on these methods to see how the public responded. So I think it's pretty clear which way this is gonna go. Because if you look here, it talks about the average American consumes 50 pounds of meat and poultry per year. But what they're talking about is if they actually stopped this, they could get a 51% decrease from the baseline diet. And where am I getting that number from? Well, it's this line here. So they're saying that if they can reduce consumption of beef to only 10% of the baseline value, then the CO2 output per person would be dramatically reduced. Now, of course, this is where the whole 90% cut by Biden uh, storyline came from. But actually, it wasn't quite 90%. It was a closer to 50% by 2030. Now, you think what is required to get 50% cut in a growing population, that is pretty hard going to achieve that. So how are they going to do that? Well, again, this was another study that came out. They wanted to know from green is a strongly supporting through to red, which is strongly opposing. 
Well, they're going to tax it. So increase prices on items like meat. So we'll, we'll talk specifically meat here. Advertising bans on meat, which is interesting because what did, I think it was this article here I covered last year, this city is banning adverts for meat. Could yours be next? So this was Amsterdam. Now, you might say, hmm, Amsterdam, why would they be doing that? Well, let's take a look. Let's go back to the C40 cities here. And this is the cities and their member list. So if we go down to Europe, ah, here we go. Amsterdam is number one on the list. So whenever you see these policies coming through and you're a bit confused, why, are, why is this mayor saying that? Why is this organization saying that? Doesn't make any sense. Go to c40.org forward slash cities and start looking through here and you will find your city. There's London for all of my friends in London. So what else were they talking about? Reduced availability, incentives for producers, media campaigns and labels. So these are just some of the things they were thinking of doing as well as the meat tax and the destruction of farms by buying them out, compulsory purchase orders, etc. So that's why you're seeing so much money being focused on the industry. But actually, if we look at who consumes the most meat in the world, well, you have the USA, Canada is not far off here. We have Spain also in dark blue. We have Australia, New Zealand, Argentina, and then that I think is Mongolia there, that country. But most of Western Europe here uh, consumes a fair amount of meat, as does Brazil. But another question I get asked a lot is, Neil, why is there so many cattle fires and uh, uh, fires in meat processing plants at the moment? Well, I I'm not really gonna comment on that too much other than that I think there might be something more nefarious going on uh, here, especially because every single time I check the updates on these fires, they say under investigation. Some of them are three years on and they say either under investigation, cause unknown. How it can be unknown, I'm really not sure. But then you'll see statements like this. There are lessons to be learned and the impacts of this fire may influence, keyword, the immediate area and the industry itself. So we've got a lot of these mysterious fires which have increased uh, precipitously in recent years as well. Combined with, again, this is the C40 cities network. What are they doing? Well, they're focusing on divesting. So this is very different to investing. So it's divesting. So what they're trying to do is divest from fossil fuels, which is what our economy is built upon, these very cheap, highly dense and efficient hydrocarbons, and then scale up in other solutions. They also are influencing pension funds as well towards these net zero plans, even though the pension funds and these plans are not performing, but they try and hide the data. So what is this C40 city then? Well, it's a global network of nearly 100 mayors of the world's leading cities, and it reads more like a religion than anything else when you read their, their sort of commandments that they have to um, abide by. And this was quite interesting. According to Wikipedia, I wasn't aware of this, but the current chair of this C40 is none other than London Mayor Sadiq Khan, who uh, we all know very well. So that really makes a lot of sense now with everything going on in London. But we cannot 
finish the video without at least talking about where a lot of this is coming from. Agenda 2030, we all know what that is. Why civic participation is key to meeting UN sustainability targets. Now, do you remember when Agenda 2030 was a conspiracy theory? And anyone who even mentioned it was heavily, heavily attacked by the media. And this was just one big conspiracy theory. But now, not only is it not a conspiracy and people aren't attacked for it, now it's done a U-turn, a flip, and the way they talk about it on all of these websites is that the Agenda 2030 is this highly, highly positive thing, and it's arguably, and I quote, the greatest human endeavor ever undertaken to create peaceful, just, equal, and sustainable societies. Well, if you've looked into Agenda 2030 the way I have, you might have a different view on that. Now, when you actually look at the WEF website here and you look at what their focuses are, right at the top, it's agriculture, food and beverages. So you now sort of understand and you read through a lot of their policies here on agriculture and, and food, you understand where a lot of this is actually stemming from. So I think it's clear to say that meat consumption is going in one way and one way only, and that is down but i'm really just trying to bring your attention to the fact that this isn't a you know a coincidence it isn't just natural and happening naturally it is being deliberately orchestrated to do that now i'm not here to talk about veganism or meat eaters carnivore diets or or climate change or anything like that I'll, i'd love for you to just drop a comment below and share your thoughts on it what i'm really doing is showing you the data and showing you why this is happening and that it isn't just a coincidence this is being deliberately orchestrated as part of this bigger plan and these bigger uh, emission cuts and, and everything else. So thank you for watching today. I uh, really appreciate you as a subscriber here. Take care. God bless. I will see you tomorrow.